Now, listen, they want me to say hello, welcome to the James Well best bits of tonight's show, which you can hear every night, Monday to Friday, on Talk Radio from 7 till 10. But I said, wouldn't it be best to call it the worst of whale? So have a listen. See what you think. The James Whale Show. Come praise the whale on Talk Radio. Uh, now let's talk to Ken Marsh. He's the chairman of the Metropolitan Police Federation. Ken, good evening. Good evening, James. Now, this is the question on everybody's lips, Ken. Are the police in this country, particularly the Met, are they racist? No, they're not. Or are no. you racist? Are they no, racist? Whichever way. No, absolutely not. Why, why are these demonstrations saying that our police are just as bad as the Americans, do you think? Well, I, I don't know. That's a very difficult question, James, and we'd need a couple of hours to answer that. Obviously, what's going on um, in America where this started was horrific, um, and that's, that's set this all rolling. Um, and, and people have jumped on the back of that and quite rightly want to show their feelings in relation to that. Um, I, I don't know where the correlation then links us um, to what's taking place over there. I, I, I think policing in the UK has moved massively in my service over the last 25, 30 years um, and I would think it would be very, very unfair to start saying that we are institutionally racist and everything that goes with it, because we're just not. If you look at the Met, 32,000 officers, we now have just over 7,500 BAME officers within the Met. Now, I would say to you, that's still not enough, but by God, that's a stride and a half to where we were when I joined the Met. You know, that's nearly a third of our officers, so... Come on. Is it is it different? Well, that that doesn't mean that there aren't uh, officers no. who are racist, no. and yeah. probably a number of their colleagues know that. I mean, the other thing is that the police do use the tactics of um, of shouting loudly at people, even when they're being shouted at loudly themselves. And I know the temptation, and I'd feel it as well, uh, if somebody was spitting in your face or or trying to punch you or whatever. There is a huge wish to retaliate. Um, but, of course, a police officer can't and shouldn't do that. But that's got nothing to do with racism. That's just to do with a human being yeah. and the way you treat a human being. And whatever creed, colour or nationality you are, you wouldn't expect to be spat at and vice versa. Mm. Well, you know, we, we can, we can reel, reel out stories of years and years ago and things mm. that took place. But if we talk about 2020 and where we are today, I'm very proud of the fact that I don't have any colleagues around me or anyone I know within the Met Police who behaves inappropriately or in a way that I would help to remove them from the police service. Mm. You know, it's just... We, we have moved so massively from what you would call the bad days or however you want to name what, it. 20, 30 years ago? 30. Yeah, we're, we're not there at no. all. You know, no. we are... Just... How's that changed, though? What has changed? Well, what's changed is what I've just said to you, that we've increased massively the number of BAME officers, which gives yeah. a, new, a new structuring to how we police. Yeah. And internally, if you have BAME officers amongst you uh, with large numbers, then... Can you explain, so people, can you explain uh, Ken, what BAME means? Because a lot of people yeah, might not know. Black and minority ethnic. So that's, yeah. that's anyone who's not white Caucasian, basically. Mm. Um, but, it, but it changes the whole ethos of policing, and quite rightly, because we've tried desperately to match the demographics of London, which are very diverse. So if you look at it in that way, and then you add to that how we've changed the community policing, how we've tried to embrace fully, you know, 
the, the, the difference is just, it, it, it's powerful. It's just, it's incredible, I think. Yeah, how you don't hear racist, because you used to get, if black police officers would get racism within their own police uh, stations, didn't they? You used to hear yeah. that quite a lot. You don't hear that. No. Um, no, 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 no. no. There, there's nothing like that whatsoever. The worst, the worst thing, I think, is, is the racial abuse that police officers get from members of the public at demonstrations yeah. and things like that. I think it's horrendous the way they get treated. I mean, if it's a black police officer, he will or she will get... uh, Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, Do you think it's difficult to attract people from the the black community in this country to become policemen or women? No, we haven't seen that at all. Our numbers are are, are fantastic in the Met. Bear in mind, uh, the 43 forces, we are the only force that has met the criteria required under the Home Office legislation. Uh, we, we haven't struggled at all to recruit um, across the board, and, and I think that's fantastic, and I think that speaks for the officers who are already in the Met that, that, that are embracing and, and welcoming anyone who comes. And it, it, We've changed the whole demographic. There's it, 40% of females. You know, it's just it's a completely different world, believe mm. me. All right. Um, Good to talk to you, Ken. Thank you very much indeed for your thoughts on that. I think it'll make a lot of people feel a little more relaxed about the whole situation. Yeah. Uh, Ken Marsh, Chair of the Metropolitan Police Federation. The James Whale Show. Come praise the whale on talk radio. Um, anyway, right, we're going to carry on talking about the, what everybody's talking about other than the virus, and that is police brutality in America and mm. uh, the fact that uh, a lot of people are now coming out, white people included, saying, uh, whites, if you if you keep silence about this, it means you're racist. Sure. Uh, let's talk to Laura Pullman, New York correspondent for the Sunday Times, who's with us now. Laura, good evening to you. Hello, James. How are you first, Laura? Are you OK? I'm fi- yeah, I'm fine, thank you. It's certainly an interesting time to be in America this year. Yeah, well, I mean, you spent the weekend in Men- Minneapolis, is that right? I did. I flew there on Friday afternoon and then I flew back to New York on, on Sunday. So it was a, a, a quick trip there, but certainly a very interesting one. Tell us what happened then from your point of view on the street. I mean, everybody's shouting their mouths off and uh, saying mm. what, what happened without being there. But what actually did happen? Well, I arrived on Friday afternoon. And I headed straight to the place where George Floyd was killed. Uh, outside a delicatessen and it was not what I was expecting at all the protest it was a kind of mixture of a very peaceful protest and also a celebration of his life so Mm. gospel music was blaring out there were artists uh, drawing portraits of George Floyd there was plenty of barbecues with people handing out free food Um, and um, and it was a real range of people so alongside the black protesters there were white people there were Somali families Hispanic families um, and people were expressing their anger and their hurt and their frustration and their exhaustion but it but it was all incredibly calm um i'll fast forward to the saturday uh and there had been again hours and hours of peaceful protest but then that evening um i got kind of caught up in um in in when the atmosphere absolutely changed and it got Mm. a lot more violent Why? Why do you think it got a lot more violent? What was the What was the the, the thing that sparked it all off? Well, just like in New York now, there's a eight pm curfew in Minneapolis, um, and 
we'd been there'd been peaceful protests as i say for hours and as the curfew approached the people who were leading the protest leading the protests were imploring people using their kind of megaphones to stay calm and to stay seated they encouraged everyone to sit down and there are thousands and thousands of people on the street at this point Hmm. um and most people sit down but you can spot the troublemakers and so i saw a small group of people towards the back of the crowd who who were standing up and you know they're not carrying black lives matter signs or signs saying justice for george and instead in their hands they're carrying fireworks so i immediately so i immediately asked them why they're carrying fireworks and they say well the police start the violence and uh and, and we're just wanting to protect ourselves um one of the most shocking things i saw was uh young girl who and i should say the guys carrying the fireworks were white by the way and the young girl that i'm talking about was about 20 she was white and she had a rucksack and i spotted a machete i don't know that oh. it's a machete i shouldn't say that oh, sure. it's a large knife large oh. knife uh definitely not a cat definitely not a kitchen knife poking mm. out the top of her her rucksack the blade was the width of my palm i'd say and I just mm. blurted straight out, why have you got such a big knife in, in your bag? And she spun around and seemed surprised I'd, I'd spotted it and told her friend off for not doing her bag up properly. Now, the atmosphere is getting, having been peaceful for so many hours, the atmosphere is really starting to crackle and become mm. much, much denser. There are helicopters going overhead, going overhead. Um, and... It's impossible, even when you're there, to work out who fires the first uh, bang grenade or the first throws the first firework or rubber bullets as the as the police were shooting and tear gas. But in a matter of minutes, it went from peaceful chanting to absolute chaos, uh, and the the tear gas was was fired straight at us. So your eyes are streaming and your throat is burning and burning and and you know you you feel without sounding too hyperbolic that you're running for your life at that point. And there's obviously kind of stampeding, um, and it it was absolutely it was absolutely terrifying. Mm. It's a shocking situation and uh, one hopefully that will be resumed before long. Laura, you stay safe. And thank you very much indeed for talking to us tonight. Laura Pullman, who is the New York correspondent for the Sunday Times. The James Whale Show. Come praise the whale on talk radio. I'm uh, going to talk to Lindsay Ray, Deputy yeah. Director and Head of Industry Engagement at Marketing Peak District and Derbyshire. Lindsay, good evening to you. Good evening. I actually wanted to uh, discuss uh, a lot of people will be going uh, for staycations if they get the chance this year, Uh, whether different areas like the Peak District, for uh, argument's sake, are ready to, uh, to host people or are they still shy of people coming? We are, I mean, obviously at the moment, nobody is allowed to, to travel no. and stay overnight. So we're working within the, the government guidelines. But I think all destinations are working very closely with their businesses in their local area to start and get them ready, um, but get them ready responsibly for welcoming visitors back. So we are, we do sort of have the 4th of July um as, as a target, whether or not that hmm. date gets moved back, because obviously the government made, government made it quite clear that there had to be uh, certain um, stages in yeah. place and tests for that to for that to happen. So um, we're working to to the fourth of July for for parts hmm. of the sector to begin to to reopen. And um, and I think ourselves, you know, we've we've all been in lockdown for for a long time. So hmm. you know, we are looking to. 
ourselves go to different parts of the country and um, and have a break from it all, really. I was surprised that very few tourist organisations, uh, you know, visit England and visit everything else, there are lots of them, uh, didn't really want to get off and talk about it. I would have thought uh, it would have been a subject loads of people wanted to promote their areas, but it seems... Lots of people are frightened that there may, because people can't go abroad at the moment, there may be this influx of visitors, and a lot of people have gone off wanting anyone to go and see them. I don't think that's that's the case at all. I mean, obviously, we are all very mindful of the fact that we have all of these beautiful parts of the country all also have, you know, it's it's our home. I mean, I, I live in the heart of the, the Peak District myself, you know, and we have to be extremely mindful of the the health and well-being of the people mm. who live here um, as well, which is why we are, we're mm. all sort of acting very responsibly. We're trying to um, get people to look at the um, lesser visited parts of um the area here and the you know the UK generally so that we're not getting big um, mm. groups of people um, going somewhere en masse so we're all putting out very careful messaging for visitors to think before they travel and to, to check what um, you know how, how busy some of the areas are um, how, uh... and certainly I was going to say certainly some of the attractions when they do start and open will open mm. only at a point where you know you, you will have to book your tickets prior to arrival um, and a lot of them are, will be opening on far more reduced capacity than they would do normally so that they can guarantee that they can maintain the social distancing. Mm. How, um, how are the hotels and the B&Bs and uh, various places where uh, holidaymakers would go. How are they managing at the moment? At the moment, everybody's closed. Um, yeah, no. be- because we we have to be um mm. there have been you know there have been some very good grants um that have come out from government certainly in our area the local authorities and that the, the you know the county have been have been very good obviously on a national level as well there's the uh the loans um that are available um a lot of businesses who have altered slightly how they operate because they've had to so a number of the um uh, pubs and cafes in the area have started doing click and collect meals yeah, so that yeah. you can you can still get your favorite um treat from your local pub but you just go and pick it up and you take it home and you eat mm. it so it's it's helping them um and they find other lines to income. sell as well don't they other other lines that they can sell shopping yeah. and stuff like that yeah and we've had i mean we've we've got some great businesses in the area that um, have been have been doing deliveries, so they've been able to get food delivered mm. out to to people. Certainly in those early days when people were struggling to get hold of food because the supermarkets um, had had you know sort of got fairly empty shelves in some parts. But the great thing for us is supporting all of the local businesses in mm. the area, those small producers, um, and making sure that they are, are hopefully here some, when we get to the other side of it. They're still going strong and so when visitors do come we can still offer them you know a taste of of the area and and our usual warm welcome uh lindsay thank you very much indeed and uh, thank you thank you so much for talking to us too lindsay ray deputy director and head of industry engagement Mm. at marketing and marketing at the peak district in derbyshire the james whale show come praise the whale on talk radio
Loads of happy birthdays coming in from uh, people, Ash. You'll be glad yeah, to yeah. know. Oh, yeah. Well, good evening to you, James, and good evening to the birthday boy, the king of oh, talk yeah, radio. Yeah. Happy birthday. Thanks, man. Yeah. Nothing don't let this go to his head, guys, please. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't look a day over 60. It's downhill all the way now. No, let yeah. me tell you, it's not. It's been downhill um, all the way from a long happy time. Happy birthday, Ash Hugh in Wales. Thanks, Hugh. Happy birthday, Ash. Thanks, Which man. you share with Charles II, Archduke of Austria, 1540 to 1590. Fantastic. You lived longer than him. You know, he was treated like a celebrity on drive time. That's right, I was a guest. Well, I mean, listen, I mean, you can't, you can't knock him. He is a celebrity. Uh, so how's the birthday been? Do you have lots of cards this morning? Yeah, yeah, got a few cards, yeah. As yeah. usual, you know, very nice, very nice. Three very or nice. four. Happy birthday, dear Ash. Happy birthday to Happy you. was uh, the clips for today, the worst of Whale, or sorry, sorry, the best of James Whale. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed them. Well, I suppose if you didn't enjoy them, you won't be listening, will you? Anyway, I'll be back 7 o'clock until 10, Monday to Friday, on Talk Radio. Have a great day. Thank you for listening.